Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. Thank you for being here. It's Happy Easter. Happy Easter today. And so very quickly, I want just to walk through a few things. And I love the passage that Deck and Marianne read earlier because it, it shows so much about why the resurrection of Jesus is so important. The resurrection of Jesus is so important because as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, he says it this way. He says, if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. This is how fundamental the resurrection of Jesus is to our theology, to our belief, and to our faith. See, the death and resurrection of Jesus is so important because it's the ultimate proof that Jesus is who he said he was. And it's important for us to recognize this because so many times we, we bypass information. A lot of times we know the what. But today my prayer is that we would connect the why. You know, as Simon Sinek famously said, it's about the why. Because we, we have information all the time. We, you can Google everything. Everything I'm telling you today, you can Google. But my prayer is that we would be impacted and that we would be changed by this. But at, for some of this, it's, some of this is it's maybe brand new. But for others, it's a reminder. But it is equally life-changing. See, the resurrection of Jesus, it is the ultimate proof that the resurrection, it proved that Jesus is God. Jesus is who and was and will always be the Son of God who he said he was. Jesus proved his deity by fulfilling the prophecies of his death and by his return from the grave. And Paul says in Romans 4, he said, by being raised from the dead, Christ was proved to be the mighty Son of God with the holy nature of God himself. The resurrection also proved Christ's power to forgive sin. How many sinners we got here today? I'm raising my hand. I'm one of them. <laughs> we need forgiveness. It is through the resurrection that we are forgiven of our sins. The Bible says if Christ had not been raised, as I read earlier, your faith is worthless, and it says that you are still in your sin. By rising from the dead, Jesus, he proved his authority and his power to break the bonds of sin that assured forgiveness and eternal life to everyone that accepts. And probably the obvious thing is the resurrection proved Christ's power over death. See, Jesus, he had raised several people throughout his earthly ministry, but now himself being raised, it proved once and for all that Jesus holds all authority and all power. Now because of this, we know that through Jesus, death is not the end anymore. See, a lot of times we think that death is the end, that when something dies, that means it's over. But with Jesus, how many know that he can resurrect anything? He can bring new life into it. And even things, even dreams and things that we feel like God has placed in our hearts, sometimes we feel like that we've gone too far. But the, the power of the resurrection, the power of who Jesus is, there is no I've gone too far. That At the point that our heart turns and we surrender our life to Jesus, the dream is back in play. That's why I love Peter so much, right? Peter, he went back to fishing. He's like, I denied Christ. And, and Jesus found him and showed up and said, Peter, are you ready? Come on. Don't go back to your old job. The dream is still alive. The resurrection is also proof that Satan is forever defeated. See, because of sin, our rejection of God and our refusal to live, whether we ignore him or whether we're not aligning with him, whatever our response is, now through, through, through Jesus, we know that the death and the power of sin and Satan have been defeated. You know, Romans 5.17 says, The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace. Aren't you thankful for that? God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. 
This is what the resurrection of Jesus, it proves once and for all. If we ever needed evidence, it's there, and there's so much more evidence. The scientific evidence, the eyewitness accounts, all that, there's so much stuff. Google it. I've got books for you to read. The evidence is overwhelming when we are willing to look at it, when we are willing to read it. It is there. And these are powerful reminders, but, you know, as I was praying about this service, and as I was praying, you know, Lord, what's, what would you have me share? This Easter, what would you have me talk about? And I feel like the Holy Spirit brought me back to another resurrection that Jesus did. And it was the resurrection of Lazarus. How many of you remember Lazarus, right? How many remember Carmen and this song about Lazarus, come forth? Anybody? Powerful piece of art you need to go back and check out, okay? See, in John chapter 11, we see a friend that the Bible says was a dear friend. This was someone that Jesus referred to as a dear friend, a very close friend, someone he cared about. And we found out that Lazarus was sick. And, and this is a family that Jesus had spent a lot of time with. He knew his sisters. He knew his family. He he'd spent time in their home. And the Bible re- records so many of these. So when Lazarus is sick, like any sisters who love their brothers would do, they sent a message to Jesus and said, Jesus, you're our hope. Jesus, would you come quickly to heal him? But when Jesus heard about it, he had a very different response. See, if someone contacted me and said, Dwayne, one of your really good friends is sick, or you know, your, 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 your son is sick, your daughter is sick, I would drop everything and I would run. And a lot of times when we think about these things, we try to lay over our own experience or our own response where it's like, if I were Jesus, here's what I would do. But Jesus didn't respond that way. When Jesus got the word that he was sick, he didn't seem to be worried at all. As a matter of fact, he even stayed where he was for two more days. And he was there, and, and he even said, he said, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. So the, the disciples had to be thinking, well, this is good news. Lazarus, he's not going to die. Everything's fine. We're here. It's all chill. Maybe Jesus just did it from a distance. He just healed them, and everything's fine because he's done that before. But because the disciples missed what Jesus was saying, Jesus, he corrected them, and he plainly said this. He said, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. And then Jesus says, come, let's go see. Now, if I were one of the disciples, I would be very confused. Jesus, is Lazarus, is he alive, is he dead? You know, what is he? What's what's happening here? You weren't concerned about him, we're more worried. We seem to care more than you do, Jesus. How many have said that before, <laughs> right? You're going through things. It's like, am I the only one who cares here? Here's what I think Jesus was trying to say. Jesus was trying to say that we are often asleep. That as followers of Christ, as people living in this world, that we are often, we find ourselves asleep. See, Jesus, he's teaching us a deep spiritual truth by using a physical reality. Jesus often did this. He used, he used a physical reality because we need stuff that we can touch and taste and see, like donuts, right? We understand donuts very well. I understand them really, really well. Amen to the glory of God forever, right? So Jesus, he uses these physical realities in order to teach us something. And throughout the Bible, when the Bible talks about death, it's often referred to as being asleep, if you read through often, and especially in the Gospels, but Isaiah and Jeremiah, they, they talk about this as well, that they talk about death being just, just this process of we're, we're simply going to sleep. Jesus talked about it. The prophets talked about it. The apostle Paul talked about it a lot. So what is Jesus saying here? See, Jesus, he's pointing to the fact that just because this body that we have is dead, 
That doesn't mean that we are dead. Does it? Just because the physical body dies, it doesn't mean that we are dead. See, we spend most of our energy, most of our time thinking about these physical bodies, right? And we spend a lot of time on Amazon going, what do I need to buy there, right? And it'll be here in just two days. I mean, we're just, man, holy cow. I mean, I remember back when I had to order stuff in the catalog and it would get shipped to Newfoundland maybe three months later, you know? You had to really plan. We spend a lot of time worrying about it. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to live? What am I going to do? But when the Bible talks about this life, it talks about it being just a vapor, It's gone. See, when you're really, really young, you're like, life is forever. But once you start looking towards grandkids, you're like, man, it's a vapor. (laughs) Right? And we're in both camps. You know, even though when I turned 30, I had some some, some good friends of mine say, you're over the hill. I'm like, no, I'm still going up the hill. There's a bigger hill in front of me. This life is just a vapor. Jesus often told his disciples Things like, you know, don't store up your treasure here on earth where it, where it corrupts, it rusts, it's gone, right? My, 1980, my 1980 first edition Air Jordan Nikes that would be worth a lot today are, are sadly gone. <laughs> I know. Yep. My parents threw them away and we're, we're working through that, but you know. But they're gone. And the reality is, if, they were, if someone took them and put them in a glass case, they would still be gone at some point. The things of this earth, they're gone. Jesus said, store up your treasure in heaven. And even Matthew 10 even said, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They, they cannot touch your soul. Instead, this is what Jesus said. He said, fear only God. And by fear, he meant to have reverence. He meant to be, to be struck with amazement and awe, this reverential obedience. He's saying, but fear only God who can destroy, who has power over both the soul and the body in hell. See, Jesus, who's pointing his disciples to where their focus should be, our focus should be on eternity. When we just w- focus on what's in front of us and we start walking, you can be walking towards the most disastrous thing in the world, and you would never know it because your head is not up. Jesus was always telling his disciples, lift your eyes, look up, look to the future that I'm leading you to. I mean, I remember when my brother-in-law was teaching me how to drive our boat out in the ocean, right? When you're out in the ocean, things are very different. When, when you're just in a river, you're following the river and it's easy. But when I was out in the ocean, which was only a 12-foot aluminum boat with a 9.9 Evinrude engine, by the way, and as we were going, here's what he taught me. He said, he said pick a point. Pick a point ahead, because we could see the land out there that we're going to. He said, pick a point. He said, if you don't pick a point, you're going to be going like this all over the place. And as soon as I picked a point and I fixed my eyes on it, my course went true. But as soon as I start looking at a humpback whale over here that was breaching, or start looking over here, or start daydreaming off, I'm going all over the place, which he in his own way corrected me on to bring me back over. See, this is what Jesus was telling us. He's saying, fix your eyes on eternity. Don't care about these things at this life. Because we can often fall asleep to the reality that God is trying to make us aware of. He's saying, lift your eyes. Look to where the Lord is leading you. You know, and I get it. I mean, this life can be exhausted. I mean, any of you get exhausted over this last couple of years, right? I remember a couple of years ago, we were going, how are we going to do Easter? How are we going to have donuts this year together? We're trying to figure all those things out. The last two years have been exhausting in so many ways. 
And there have been so many times that it would have been very easy just to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just staying in bed. I'm just staying. I'm going to stay asleep. I'm going to withdraw from everything. We've been isolated. I'm pulling back. All the stuff that's happening, all the strife that's happening, all the fighting that's happening, all that stuff, I'm done with. I figured out how to work from home forever. I'm going to work from home forever, and I'm done. See, isn't it true that when we don't want to face this life, there's no better place to be than in your bed? Anybody identify with that? Right? Now, as a kid, I had a lot of energy. When I was a kid, the worst thing that you could have said to me was go to bed. Any kids identify with that? It's like, when you say it's go to bed, it's like, no! I got too much to do, too much to play, too much to see, too many games to play. I remember even when our kids were younger, when it was bedtime, even though their eyes were falling, they're like, no! (laughs) Because we have this energy, we don't want to go to bed. But there were times, as much as I hated going to bed, that I did not want to, even as a kid, be woken up. I hated it when my parents woke me up because it was time to go to school. Anyone identify with that one, right? (laughs) And this may shock you, but I even, there were times that I hated it up when my parents wanted to take me to church. Do you know there's a time I didn't want to go to church? Do you know I would fake sick to go to church, to not go to church, right? I remember even looking at my mom one time and saying, when I grow up, I'm never going to church again. <laughs> right? Thank God they, 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 they didn't listen to me. See, if I was being woken up for something I didn't want to do or go to a place I want to go, I hated being woken up. I wanted to stay there. And there are many things that can cause us to want to stay to sleep, to stay in bed. So what are some of the things that cause you to want to stay in bed? To stay asleep. Sometimes it's because we work too hard and we try to do things on our own. And we're just exhausted. You've been carrying it alone. You've been isolated. Maybe friends have walked away and you're just so tired. You're like, I don't want to get out. You're exhausted mentally. You're exhausted physically. You're exhausted emotionally. And you know, in all these things, all these things can play into our mental health. If you weren't aware of the importance of mental health before, COVID revealed the importance of mental health, didn't it? Because all those things come into play. When, when one part of your health breaks down, it's often connected to the other part. Doctors tell us this all the time. That as one breaks down, we need to watch out for the other areas. Because when I'm exhausted and tired, my mental health starts to go down. The best version of me is a Dwayne that eats healthy, that exercises regularly, that gets a, you know, at least eight hours of sleep at night. That's the best version of me. You take away any of these, and uh, I need to go off for a long walk first. <laughs> <laughs> to get, get things together. Because see, exhaustion, it often leads to distraction. And as a result, we just want to stay in bed and we just want to watch YouTube all day. Let's just pull it up, right? How to fix your house, you know, how to kayak, you know, how to pull the perfect shot of coffee, you know, how to whatever. I've even watched other people going on hikes and backpacking that I wanted to do from my bed. Because we're exhausted. Yeah. Well, she has great taste. See, when there's no purpose, when there's no reason to get out, that's where we are. Poor health. It causes us to withdraw. Pull in the spiritual analogy. When we're not filled with the word of the Lord, when we're not praying, when we're not seeking the Lord, we just want to be to sleep. We just want to pull back. When we're not engaging, we want to pull back. When there's no encouragement, the reason why we're here together today, the reason why we gather, Hebrews 10 tells us, yes, we need to encourage one another. We need to be filled with the word, but we also need to help one another. That happens to me every week. And even when people share, when they share deep things that they're going through, hard things they're going through, as we pray together, we experience the power of Christ in the middle of that moment. We need the encouragement. When we don't have it, we don't want to face it. 
when we don't want to face the reality in front of us, things that are waiting for us, things that we're not prepared for, just like a little kid that wants to stay in bed because they don't want to go and take a test that they didn't study for. They don't want to go and tell another lie about why their homework's not done. We, we want to withdraw. We want to stay in bed. And see, all of this can cause us to give up and just go with the flow. I'm going to go with autopilot. It's easy to go with the flow. It's easy just to pretend that you're asleep and walking around. But see, today, I, I believe the Lord is bringing us the story of the account of Lazarus, because I believe that we're in a season when the Lord is trying to wake us up. The Lord is speaking to us. And though there's been a season of sleep, a season of rest, a difficult season, I've, as we look to the future, the Lord is waking us up. I mean, this is why Jesus says to his disciples, they're confused. So here's what Jesus said. He said, let's go wake up Lazarus. How powerful and at the same time, how confusing because the disciples thought he was dead. They thought, at first you said he's, he's not going to die, and then you said, Jesus, he's, he's only asleep, but then, and then you said, but make no mistake, Lazarus is dead, and now let's go wake him up. And see, so even the sisters of Lazarus, they thought he was dead. Everyone thought he was dead, because his body was dead. They were dead. And so they thought that there's no point, there's no purpose in Jesus showing up. Jesus, if you had been here on time, if you had answered my mail, if you had come There'd be no point in us going through all this. Why are we going through this? Well, see, Jesus, he had a greater purpose in this. And the Apostle Paul, quoting the prophet Isaiah, he says it in this way. We need to learn this. We need to know this. And sometimes we walk through pain because the Lord is trying to show us. He's trying to reveal us and prepare us for the future that he's walking us through. See, there were a lot of things that we have all walked through together in COVID that if I'd seen it coming, I'm like, Lord, no, remove that from me. But being the other side of it, I'm like, God, thank you for what you taught me going through that. There are things that only make sense when we look back because his ways are not our ways. His, high, his ways are higher than our ways. God knows more than I do. That's the biggest understatement of the year. And there are things that I look back in retrospect that I still don't understand, but some of them I do. And some of the things I, that I now look back and I say, God, I thank you that I walked through that difficulty because there's no way I would have learned that. Because the prophet Isaiah says this, and this is Paul quoting it. He says, death is swallowed up in victory. Let's read this together. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For the sin that is the sting that results in death and the law that gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Say that again. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. How many need to hear that today? Be strong in the Lord. Move forward. Nothing you ever do for the Lord. And that for the Lord, that's the key part. Circle that, underline it, highlight it, tweet it, whatever you need to do to remember that. Everything you do for the Lord is never useless. God uses it every time as we trust him, as we walk with him, as we recognize, God, you're higher, you're greater. I trust you. Because see, now through Jesus, death has no more power. He's saying that even if it dies, 
I can raise it back to life. Will you trust me? Do you not know that I'm working? Align your heart, align your life to God and trust him knowing that he knows more. Why would I, tr- why would I trust me that is looking at the ground that I see this much when I could trust a God that sees everything, that knows everything? Before time began, he sees, and he sees into the future. Why would I trust Dwayne? A little boy trying to lie to stay out of a church. I want to follow the Lord. See, through Jesus, death has no more power. In every area of my life, Jesus has the power to bring back to life the things that I thought were dead and gone. And if the Lord has a purpose and a plan, death is no longer an obstacle. Death is not an obstacle. Death is now an opportunity to reveal the power of God in my life. It's painful. It's trying. It's difficulty. But that's why James says, what? Consider it all joy when you go through trials. There's perseverance. There's strength that's going through. Everything of value that's happened in my life has had a preparation for it. You know, Stephanie and I, we just celebrated 30 years of marriage. Okay? But we weren't clapping those first two years. (laughs) Or 10 years? (laughs) Right? No, we loved each other. I love her. We love each other, right? But there was times where we're we're hugging because it's the right thing to do. I'm just being real. It's difficult. But 30 years later, there's no doubt. What we only knew up here 30 years ago, we've now experienced and we've walked through it and we've stayed through it and we've, we've trusted the Lord in this. See, the power of Jesus is only experienced in our lives through discipleship. Discipleship is not just saying, I acknowledge Jesus walking over there. Discipleship is bowing our life and saying, Jesus, everything's yours. Whether I trust, whether I understand it or not, I trust you, I walk with you. You say he's dead, he's not dead, he's dead, we're going to wake him up. All right, let's go for it. Let's go wake him up. You say this relationship is dead, but you're calling me to follow you and wake that up. It's painful, but I'm going to follow you. How many of you are praying that? Right? God, I trust you. I love what Dr. Tony Evans says. Dr. Tony Evans, great explanation of faith. He's like, we, we don't need more faith. <laughs> a lot of times I pray, God, give me faith, give me faith, give me faith. And I heard Dr. Tony Evans say that, and I was like, what? What do you mean you don't need more faith? We pray for faith. But he goes on to say, he's like, he's like, the Bible says that you only need faith the size of a mustard seed to move that mountain. You don't need more faith. You need more feet to your faith. You need to walk out. All the faith that you need is waiting as you walk, as you go. That's why we launched two weeks ago that what we're all about, it's about what? Becoming and making disciples of Jesus Christ as we gather, grow, and go. This is an ongoing process. It's not become a perfect disciple, then make a disciple, and then go do this. No, it's ongoing. It's in everything. Look what Jesus did. He carried these 12 people, one of them even tried to have him killed, betrayed him. And then Peter kept trying to use force and might in his own ways. Jesus even had to put on an ear of a guy that Peter took off. He's like, Peter, what are you doing? 
And Jesus does the same things to us. That when we've made mistakes, when we feel like, man, I, I blew it. Jesus comes in. He heals our messes. How many have experienced that? <laughs> you, you swung your own sword one time too many. And then Jesus comes in and says, this is not the way. This is the way. This is the work that Jesus is doing in our lives. We need to wake up to our call. We say this often here at Shoreline Community Church. We say, when we believe and receive, we become a child of God. When we believe in Jesus, that he is Jesus, he is Lord. And we receive him, we confess our sins and say, Jesus, I follow you. You're my Lord. We become a child of God. That's not just a title. That means with, with all the stuff that's included in that. We are now heirs of the king. We are now restored to our original purpose in that. But it's surrendering to him. This is that process of waking up to our purpose because even though as a kid, I, I didn't want to be woken up for school. I didn't want to be woken up for things I didn't want to go to. If my dad was waking me up to go fishing, I could barely sleep that night. I couldn't wait to get up. I had my rod laid out. I had my boots laid out. You know, I had my Star Wars lunch pail ready for my lunch. I had everything on the go. They threw that away too, but I'm working through that. I'm too distracting, aren't I? <laughs> I had the greatest parents in the world. <laughs> right? If I was, and then later in life, I was on the basketball team. Game day, tournament day. When my dad was waking me up, oftentimes I was awake waiting. I was waiting for the knock. All right, I'm ready to go. I got my jersey laid out. I got my stuff ready out. I got my water bottle, everything ready. See, when we have a purpose, when we're excited about something, and there's nothing more exciting than the purpose and the plans of God, when we know that, God, you've got a plan, even though I don't understand it. I've walked that road many times, just walking. The destination I'm at today, I couldn't have told you when we moved back to Seattle in 2014. But I'm so glad. We walk, we trust, we, and we trust his process. See, the Lord, he's knocking at your door. He's saying, when you wake up, if you're tired, know what Jesus says? Come on to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you, I will give you what? See, when the Lord calls you, when he knocks on your door, he's not, get up and get moving, you lazy good for nothing. He's going, no, follow me, I'll give you rest. You're not resting. You can be laying in bed, you can be asleep and not getting rest. How many have been there, right? You're laying in bed, and you're like, I feel more tired than ever. He's saying, no, you want to experience rest, come to me. I will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. Oftentimes we're tired because we're trying to do it on our own strength. He's saying, no, take my yoke upon you. That means it's his yoke and Jesus is here. And he says, my burden is, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes it's so heavy because we're not surrendering. We're fighting it. We're trying to prove something to Jesus. You don't need to prove anything to Jesus, Right? All the babies in this room today, do you expect them to prove anything to you? They come in and you're all in awe. And so am I going, oh, what a beautiful baby. Isn't this precious? I'm so glad they're here. Even during the message, your oohs and your coos makes the message more exciting and enjoyable today. It's true. 
Jesus is asking you to show up and trust him. That, that's it. That is it. So my question for you today, knowing that he's knocking, he's trying to wake you up, and you trust him that if you need rest, he's going to give you rest. If you need direction, he's going to give you direction. If you need wisdom, trust him. He's going to walk you in the ways of wisdom. But he's saying, get up. Follow me. If you need rest, he's going to lead you beside that stream. Whatever it is. So my question today on this Easter Sunday, as we take a few moments just to reflect on this, is ask yourself, where am I today? <laughs> and I encourage you just to, just to close your eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Just, just like going to a doctor, one of, the, one of the names for Jesus is he's the great physician. He's here now speaking to you. Say, Jesus, where am I? Where do I need to wake up? Where do I need to wake up? Maybe it's, you need to wake up to the fact that you need Jesus. You need to surrender your life to him. Maybe one of the ways that you need to be woken up is there are distractions that need to be removed from your life. You're being distracted by the cares of this life. You're being distracted by things happening to you that you don't understand. You're being distracted by whatever. See, God's speaking, he's sounding the wake-up call, but sometimes we miss it because we've closed our ears and our heart to him. Maybe your waking up is in turning off everything else. Things that are shaping us. Amen? Can we all stand together? Holy Spirit, speak to us in this moment. Lord, remove every distraction, every hindrance, every weight so that we can hear your wake-up knock and that we would trust you. You wake us up so that we can look to you. Lord, help us to lift our eyes from ourselves. May we decrease so that you can increase. May we lift our eyes, Lord, just like, just like Peter. When he looked at the waves, he, <laughs> hope was gone. He, he sunk. But when he lifted his eyes to you, he saw that hand extended, pulling him up. Help us today to look to you, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, if your wake-up call today is giving your life to Jesus, it's just, I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if this, if this is your heart, just repeat after me. And I'd like to invite all of us just to say this as just a rededication of our lives. But if you want to surrender your life to Christ today, it's not with the words, it's just these just reflect the heart. Just say, Jesus, I believe you are God. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of ignoring you. Come into my life. I give you control. I follow you all my days now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. If you prayed that for the first time or the second time or the fourth time, the fifth time, however many times, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the body of Christ today. We'd love to connect with you. Be sure to connect with somebody here and let us know. But before we leave today, we want to give an opportunity just, just to respond. There's plenty of donuts waiting as you leave. And please take one as you leave. But let's take a moment to seal. Because for the rest of us, it's like, God, where are you waking me up? Where do I need to go forward? Maybe you need to come and pray with some of these wonderful people here today.
and say, would you pray for me in this area? I need to be woken up in this area or the Lord is speaking to me or I know I'm, maybe it's I know I'm asleep, but I don't know. I don't know the next steps to take. Let's pray together. Pray with them. Amen. Can you just thank the Lord for his goodness and his life and his love? And Jesus, we give you thanks for your goodness, your life. Lord, you've given us a reason to dance. <laughs> we, <laughs> we give you thanks. Even those of us, we're not even good dancers. You give us a reason. So, Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we, we thank you that in this season you're waking us up. And, Lord, I pray that we would take that with us as we leave today. That our risen Savior, he's walking to us. He's knocking at our door. and He's waking us up. And in the middle of that, sometimes he's leading us to the rest that we need, the restoration that we need, the word that we need. And we give you thanks in your name. Everyone said together? Amen, amen, amen. Now, again, before you leave today, a couple of things. Please take donuts with you, you know. Some of us have no self-control, you know, so, you need, so please take those with you. And as the Lord is waking you up, waking up doesn't mean you're running more and you're doing more and you're posting on social media more. It may mean some of those things, but as you're being woken up, there's times that the, that the Lord and that that God has led people to still waters to, to restore. And he's, he's waking you up. That you need to rest a little bit. You need, there's some restoration to be done. Sometimes he's waking you up and saying, are you willing to go and to share the love of Christ to that person that you work with, that person that you see at the coffee house, that person in your home? Allow the Lord to do that. He is a creative, great God. He knows your situation. Open ears to him. Sometimes he's waking you up and saying, shut off everything else. Shut off everything else. Sometimes we don't hear God because we're listening to everything else. Allow that still small voice of the Spirit to be alive in us. Amen? But before we leave, let's say this together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I love you all. Have a wonderful Easter. Now go and live for Jesus. God bless you all.